0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. It is Sunday, February 17th, calling in the evening here. My name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the host as always. I have a lot to talk about. It's been a busy week in the Big Ten. It's been a busy week in college basketball. A few topics I want to hit on here tonight. Um, We have wrapped up today's action uh, as far as the Big Ten is concerned. Michigan State played against Ohio State and East Lansing earlier today, the Spartans got the win. So we do have our, our full slate of games in the rearview mirror for this week. Um, I guess Sunday's a new week, but for our purposes, uh, all the games are in the books. Uh, so when you listen to this, either Sunday night, uh, Monday or Tuesday, uh, we do have all the games from this weekend in, in the rearview mirror as we chat today. So to, to keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, so I, I want to start out with, sort of talking about the the last week or so of, of Big Ten play um, and sort of set ourselves going forward. And then I have uh, one or two topics I want to hit on specifically with regard to a couple teams. Uh, but first recap this last week. Uh, I, it, it was really a, a an interesting week of action, to be honest. Uh, you know, you, you entered this week as far as the Big Ten title race was concerned. Uh, Michigan, Purdue looked like they had the inside track after Michigan State stumbled a couple of times here over the last month or so. But Michigan decides to follow that up with a nosedive against Penn State on the road on Tuesday. Um, Purdue also loses on the road uh, against Maryland earlier this week. It was their first loss in like 10, 11 games, something like that. Uh, They lose on the road to the Terps. They've since bounced back against Penn State. Michigan's also bounced back against Maryland on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Michigan State, though they beat Wisconsin on Tuesday night on the road, really impressive win, and they follow that up with a win at home against Ohio State today. So, really at the at the top of the league, kind of a a mixed week of results, um, but it's got us basically back where we were a week or so ago with with one exception. And for those who are really curious about the Big Ten title race, where that's heading. Um, and specifically,'m I'm, I'm really here just talking about the the top of the league. We'll We'll touch on the bottom on uh, the middle section going forward. but as far as the top is concerned, we're really where we were entering this week, Michigan State and Michigan both sit in at 12 and three. Purdue is a half game back at 11 and three. If If they win another game, they they have the same number of losses. So effectively they're in the same exact spot. We for all intents and purposes, we have a three game tie at the moment or three team. High at the moment excuse me but the one development I will say that was significant which um, people may not appreciate as much um, but we it's a three it's a three team race at this point and I know a lot of people thought that's exactly what was going to happen entering this week but Wisconsin goes down at home to Michigan State they also had lost to Michigan the weekend before that Maryland goes down um, to Michigan over the weekend and I, I think at this point it's safe to say that it's going to take something really, really wild for anyone other than Michigan, Michigan State, or Purdue to contend for the Big Ten title at this point. Um, you know, Ohio, I would say Ohio State entering this week, and, and keep in mind I said entering this week, um, I thought they were the last team that had any, any chance at all um, of being a factor in there. And they, they lose twice. Um, I was held held up, but they were always an out, an outside shot here. Wisconsin and Maryland were really the dark horse contenders entering this week, and Both of those teams go down. Frankly, I have a hard time thinking that either of those teams are going to make some noise. So I'd say as far as the Big Ten title race is concerned, that was the biggest development. I don't think any of the top three teams. I mean, Michigan losing to Penn State was a, a big shocker for a lot of reasons. But really, we're sitting where we did before. We just have another slate of games behind us. For Purdue, I I still think the Boilermakers have the inside track right now, simply due to the schedule. Um, But you know, uh, Michigan—they—they have a solid shot here. Michigan State has a solid shot here as well. Um, I think Michigan has the hardest schedule moving forward of the three uh, big teams here. But nobody has a, a clear, easy track, quote unquote. You know, Michigan has five games left. Uh Michigan State, I, I believe also has five games left, and Purdue has six. But the thing about Purdue is their schedule's easy, but they don't have that many guarantees. You know, they go at Indiana, at Nebraska, at Minnesota, at Northwestern, um, and they do have Illinois at home and Ohio State at home. But Ohio State really played tough against Michigan State. They faded in the last couple of minutes, but uh they were in position to to pull off a road upset today. So that's a dangerous team there. And Illinois, um, I'll touch on them later in, in the podcast here, but Illinois is a uh, very dangerous team right now. So I know that game is at Purdue, um, but do not count that as a, a guaranteed game at all right now for the Boilermakers. So it's going to be fun. We got a couple weeks here left of, of Big Ten action, but I do think uh, it's going to come down to the last game for all these teams. I And I would not be shocked if it ends up as a, a two or three way tie here for for the Big Ten title um moving past moving past those teams just want to touch on uh the middle of the league and and the lower section as well uh the middle really a a mixed week with the exception of Iowa who goes on the road and beats Iowa beats Iowa beats Rutgers on Saturday night in an absolute classic uh buzzer beater shot really just they had no business winning that game but they go on the road, they uh, beat Rutgers, they escape, um, and the Hawkeyes have now won four in a row. Um, their only losses dating back to January 3rd. Um, Michigan State at home uh, in late January, and then Minnesota on the road, also in late January. So, Hawkeyes are playing good basketball. I know they people may not have been super impressed by that win at Rutgers, but Winning at Rutgers is not what it was before. It's it's a lot more impressive to do it this year than in years past. So uh, Hawkeye sitting at 20 and five, nine and five in the big 10. I think Iowa has locked itself into the NCAA tournament at this point. Um, And a big reason for that is um, beating Rutgers as well takes off a potential bad loss on the resume. Um, And they do still play Rutgers at home one more time, but, you have to feel pretty good about the Hawkeyes going into selection Sunday in a really good big 10 this year. They already got 20 wins. They got plenty on the resume. So I I think at this point they're in, Um, we do still have some bubble teams Um, probably won't do a ton of bubble talk today, just because the last podcast, (laughs) I dedicated a lot of time to that. So I think that as far as the middle of the league was concerned, that was the big development on the positive side. On the negative side, uh, I think the two teams that stood out, uh, Indiana, I'm going to save them for later because I I really want to dive into them. And the other one was Ohio State. Ohio State opens the week by losing to Illinois at home on Valentine's Day. Really, it, it was a bad loss. I mean, Illinois is playing a lot better. But if you're Ohio State, you are a team that really should be thinking NCAA tournament. You should be thinking round of 32. May, hoping, uh, you know, you can advance to the second weekend. Um, losing to Illinois, a team that has no shot at the NIT as an ad large team, that's just, that's not something to me uh, that you should be accepting. Um, it's not something that, frankly, meets expectations. So Illinois may be playing well, but that's a game Ohio State has to get at home. You know, they still need wins to get themselves locked into the tournament here. They are not a guarantee at all at this point. So that was a big blunder there. And then they follow that up uh, by losing to Michigan State, which coming in, I think, was very expected. So you really can't be too disappointed. Uh, you know, losing on the road to the Spartans isn't exactly something to panic about. It's, it's not something that's going to hurt your resume very much, if at all. Um, but Ohio State was in position to maybe steal a game there in the second half, and they just really collapsed down the stretch. You know, they're up. They end up losing um, by almost 20 points. It it was a really, really rough final seven or eight minutes or so of the game. Um, And the offense just, they don't have the pieces and the firepower. They have Caleb Wesson and they have a lot of so-so guys, in my opinion. And I think that's really, really hurting them in these big games. I think it's hurting them when they play on the road and specifically when they play good defensive teams, which... I didn't think Michigan State played great defense early on, but I thought their defense really improved down the stretch. They used a different, a few different lineups to to mess with Ohio State's um, rotations there, and ultimately it got Izzo and company the win. Uh, the Buckeyes have to go back to the drawing board, but I th- I think that same thing, like I said, has hurt them. Where when they play these better defensive teams, they're really getting exposed because so much runs through Caleb Wesson and. I realize people are going to say, well, you know, he's not the only guy on the offense. They have other pieces, blah, blah, blah. But first off, he dominates usage for them. He dominates their productivity. And he is the guy who distributes the ball. Everything keys out of him. And, you know, you look back at the schedule this year and it's like, you know, they lost to Syracuse in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Syracuse, top 25 defensive team. Uh, They've lost to Michigan State twice. They lost to Michigan um, a lot of these games, y- you can look at it and see. Oh yeah, those are the better defensive teams for the most part. They've struggled against Rutgers. I know they beat them in the second matchup, but Rutgers are a pretty good defensive unit. I think that's that's been the big issue, and we'll see if they can improve on it. You know, this year or, or maybe into next year, depending on what happens. You never know what the off season what's going to happen for anyone. But I think that's the key. They got to get other playmakers. They got to get other ways to score when teams can sort of key in on lessons. So I would say on the negative side, in that middle region, Ohio State, Indiana trending down, Iowa clearly trending up. I think they have themselves a NCAA bid at this point, and now everything they get is gravy. Uh, they still got a shot at the, the double buy here down the stretch in the Big Ten tournament. So good, good news for the Hawkeyes, Buckeyes, Ill, Illini. Not so much. Um in the in the lower tiers here, uh the one the one team I, I really wanted to give a shout out to, as I mentioned, was Illinois, who uh I know I just ranted about how Ohio State can't lose to Illinois at home, blah, blah, blah. But I really do want to point out that the Illini are really playing good basketball right now. They've improved a lot. Uh they've won four straight at this point. They beat Nebraska at home to open February, Michigan State at home. Rutgers at home in overtime and then Ohio state on the road on Thursday and Dating back. I mean, they have won five of their last six. I think Five of their last, uh, excuse me. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Five of their last six, um, like six of their last eight, some, something to that effect, but they have played at a really good level since they lost to Michigan at home in early January. Um, really, it all started with that blowout win over Minnesota, which kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but if you, if you really looked back, um, and this is this is something I I wanted to get to, as far as Illinois is concerned, but Illinois has not been a bad team this year. They had one game, I think, the entire season where you can look at it and say, "Wow, that was that was embarrassing," and that was the loss to Florida Atlantic at home in late December. It was really, they they blew the game. They lost in overtime. That's a game they should not have lost. But otherwise, I mean, you're you're looking through the schedule and it's like they played Gonzaga tight, um, relatively competitive against Iowa State, relatively competitive against Xavier on neutral courts back in November. They barely lose on the road to Notre Dame. They barely um, lose to Ohio State in a neutral court game. So, I mean, if you look back, they really weren't a terrible team early on. They just couldn't close uh, games out. They didn't have that extra five to 10 points. You know, they, I, I talk about this a lot on the podcast, a lot on the site, but, you know, sometimes people really underestimate, you know, having that third guy who can just get a bucket here and there. And for a team like Illinois, when you're so close, those little things, that little extra boost matters so, so much. And I think you're seeing that now they've gotten that. They got some guys really, you know, Georgie up front. Uh, A.O. in the backcourt really playing good basketball. And and something I wanted to highlight, you know, we talked about how they've won four straight, they've won five of six, uh, really playing at a high level. And I so what I did is, if you're a fan of of sort of the advanced stats, there's a site called T-Rank, which is sort of, uh, I, I, I describe it as the Pepsi version of, of Ken Palm here, um, yeah, Pepsi to Coke, so to speak. And it, it has a lot of the same fundamentals, but the great thing about T-Rank is they have a, a couple of functions that you can sort of mess with. And one of them is you can look at how efficient teams are during just random durations. So you can, for instance, say, okay, how, who's been the best team over the last month? Who's been the last, best team over the last two weeks, whatever. And so what I did is I went in and looked who has been the most efficient teams Um, or who have been, excuse me, since Illinois beat Minnesota in early January. And this is the start of their uptick. This is the start of their success. And over that stretch, um, now, obviously, I, I looked this up a few days ago, so maybe it has changed a little bit over the weekend. But over that stretch, Illinois was 30th in efficiency, which maybe doesn't sound like the most impressive thing out there. You know, we have a few Big Ten teams here that have a shot at, at really being in the top five and competing for the national championship. But top thirty for a team like Illinois, who is ten and fifteen overall, that's pretty impressive. That's close to a top twenty-five level. And really it conveyed to me what what I had seen with my eyes here over the last couple of weeks, which is Illinois is playing at an NCAA tournament level right now. They're playing near a top twenty-five level. And I think that's important for a couple couple reasons. First off, they're still extremely young they're 307th in experience according to Ken Palm Uh, who knows again I I will make this comment about every team I talk about but who knows who's coming back who knows what that kind of stuff is going to do but this is a really good young nucleus here for the Illini moving forward and if Brad Underwood can keep even the majority of this team together this is a team that absolutely should be in NCAA tournament contention next year probably can go higher than that. You know, Underwood has recruited pretty well um, and should have more pieces to build on next year, but that's the first thing. So I think this is is really a a sign of the Illini turning the corner, but the other thing here is Illinois still has six games left on the season. They have an absolute shot at winning a lot of these games down the stretch. You know, I talked about that game at Purdue, but they play at Wisconsin. Um, They get Penn State, they get Northwestern, they get Indiana. There are a lot of winnable games here. And Illinois has a serious shot at getting close to 500, if not 500, in Big Ten play, which is wild, absolutely wild to think about. Um, But it is possible. And why that's important is because Illinois absolutely looks like a team that could be a spoiler in the Big Ten tournament to me. I know we still have a long ways to go. You know, we're about a month out from the Big Ten tournament itself and you know teams go up and down that's just sort of how the season works but you sit here today and you say you know if we put all these teams on a neutral court how many teams would you really feel confident in beating Illinois today how they're playing right now and to me okay there are a couple teams yeah Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue those types of teams but know, they just beat Maryland a couple weeks ago. I mean, Wisconsin, I I think Illinois has been right there. I mean, the two will play this week or next, well, I guess tomorrow on Monday. Um, So maybe we'll get a little bit of an answer there, but there are not many teams that I feel that confident in, in playing Illinois and the Illini could, with this relatively manageable closing stretch here, they really have a chance to move up a couple notches in the the big 10 tournament seating. At this point, I think I feel pretty good they're going to avoid the Wednesday games and it's where are they going to land on Thursday games? And uh, (laughs) you got to feel bad for whoever's going to end up facing them in that first game. Um, I think they have a great shot at getting past Thursday and Friday. You never know, you know, they may end up facing Michigan state or Michigan or something then, and that's going to be a tough, a tough challenge. But I'm just, I'm just saying at this point that Illinois Wild card right now, I wanted to give them a shout-out. I wanted to talk about them for a few minutes. Really positive story as far as the Big Ten is concerned, as far as the last month is concerned. And they are a team to watch down the stretch here. They're a team to watch in the Big Ten tournament. So I I think they – if there's a team that, that has a shot at making it as just a total wild card, you know, winning the Big Ten tournament, frankly, I'd pick Illinois right now, again, as a wild card, excluding, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, et cetera, um so keep your eyes on the Illini moving forward definitely a a bright story there and we'll see where Brad Underwood could take them but that's a program that certainly appears to be on the rise at the moment um so moving from there I I wanted to hit on one or two other topics here before I I let everyone go here um not going to go super super long on this podcast um frankly because most most of the results this week kind of speak for themselves Uh, But I I did want to hit on, um, first off, Indiana, um, and then I also want to touch on, uh, I I know I just said I'm not going to do a ton of bubble, but I did want to just hit on very, very briefly Minnesota and Nebraska as far as bubble talk, uh, just what's coming forward for those two teams. We haven't talked about them a ton. So uh, starting with Indiana, um, it's been a rough, rough last month and a half for the Hoosiers. Uh, They've now lost three straight, dating back to that shocking road win at Michigan State. And frankly, they have one win since January 3rd when they beat Illinois at home. So they start the season. They have this great recruiting class. Everybody's talking about how great our team is. Five and one. They eventually get to 12 and two and three and oh in Big Ten play. And at this point, I remember writing in an article that I thought Indiana was near a lock for the NCAA tournament. I still think that was a a totally reasonable statement. I mean, I know it was very early, but they had tons on their resume. They had looked really good. Uh, The advanced stats thought of them as a top 25 caliber team. And since then it has just been disaster after disaster, Um, starting with that road loss to Michigan in early January. And they're now 13 and 12, uh, four and 10 in the big 10 and Ken Palm projects them to finish with a losing overall record. And frankly, I can't argue with it. Uh, The Hoosiers are 47th on Ken Palm now. Now they're barely clinging to a top 50 rating, which certainly is not good enough to think you're just going to win your way and waltz your way into the NCAA tournament. Um, And really, I think Saturday turned a lot of heads because Indiana went on the road to face a Minnesota team that by all measures, by all accounts, is relatively evenly matched with Indiana. Neither of those teams are head and shoulders better than the other. You know, they're both uh bubblish teams at this point. Um, neither of them has overwhelming talent to, to destroy the other, and they just got embarrassed. You know, they were not in that game after just a, a few minutes, and it's it really stood out as, as a low point, I, I think, for the Hoosiers over the last month or so. And there have been a lot of them, you know, losing to Rutgers was a, was a shocker. Losing to Northwestern was a disappointment. But going on the road in a game that Indiana had to win to have a shot at postseason success, and they just came out so flat uh, and absolutely embarrassed themselves, I, th- I thought, in that game. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit about... You know where Indiana is sitting today, where we're moving forward, um, and and maybe a, a couple big picture things. So I, I think the first question is, is you know what's wrong, what has gone wrong, what what has faded here? I think first off, part of it is the uh, the injuries have have hurt hurt them. You know they missed uh, Finney for a long time. Deron Davis missed some big games. That certainly played a factor in in starting this downward slide. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing for me that has been so underwhelming about the offense is it just doesn't have the flow. It doesn't have uh, the sets that I, I think you would expect of a team with as much talent as Indiana. You know, they have Langford, they have Juwan Morgan, and they have a lot of nice younger pieces surrounding those two guys. And yet it, it seems like they just, they don't have anything to go to except a couple Uh, (laughs) questionable uh, efficiency routes I mean throwing it to Morgan down low okay you got to do that sometimes he's a great player give him some opportunities but it it just seems like there aren't enough guys who can who can make plays there aren't enough uh, motions and and activity to really get the guys open as much as they'd like Um, and, and guys I don't know if it's a lack of focus I don't know if it's mistakes because they're so young stuff like that but the offense just is not flowing that well um, they're putting up really pedestrian numbers I think at this point for considering that they have a, a potential lottery pick on the roster it's it's really underwhelming to me uh, looking at the offensive productivity or lack thereof so I mean I think as far as what's going wrong that's the issue they got to get the offense figured out they got to get some guys going um, whether it's the stars whether it's other guys they got to f- Find some guys who can who can get the job done. So I think I think is that's what's going wrong. How do they fix it? You know, like I just said, I I think you got to find some guys you can go to a little bit more outside of just the the top two. Um, where are the, now? Where are they sitting? Where where do things go forward for the Hoosiers? Um, as far as sitting today, I don't think Indiana has any at large hopes at this point. Realistically, now. I'm sure some, some people are, are going to be a little annoyed that, that I say that with six games remaining, a potential two or three games in the Big Ten tournament, depending on what Indiana does. Um, but you've you, you got to look at it realistically here. Indiana has 13 wins. I can tell you they're not even going to get a sniff at an at-large bid unless they have at least 16 or 17 wins, in my opinion. Now, they have a good non-conference schedule, so that that's going to help, but I mean, if you're talking about barely being above 500, I have a hard time thinking you're going to get serious, serious consideration as an at-large. Um, I, I think you got it going into the Big Ten tournament. You got to be at 16 or 17 to feel good at all about where you sit. And frankly, I don't. I wouldn't be confident at all if I was at 16 or 17. I, I think 18 or 19 is where you start feeling comfortable, uh, or at least somewhat. <laughs> um, so you start with that. Okay, so you need at least – probably three more wins down the stretch here. They get Purdue at home on Tuesday, Iowa on the road after that, Wisconsin home, Michigan State home, Illinois on the road, Rutgers at home. From a Ken Palm perspective, their best shots at winning are Rutgers at home to close the season, who, by the way, has already beaten Indiana this year. Um, Indiana on the road before that just talked about how good – Illinois is playing frankly I, I think those stats are misleading you know Ken Palm gives Indiana 43% chance to win that game right now but I think if if you really looked at it as of today I'm not sure it's even that high and then the third one is Wisconsin at home which I don't know how you feel confident about about winning that game you know Indiana's had a horrid last 10 years or so against the Badgers the Badgers are clearly a better team at the moment um, we'll see how, how they trend they've had a bit of bad luck here the last couple games as far as what wisconsin's concerned but there aren't a lot of games here you can circle and say oh yeah there's a few guaranteed wins um frankly every one of these games is going to be a battle for indiana and it wouldn't shock me at all if they went one and five in these games two and four or worse so i mean with that in mind and then you're also talking about Indiana is probably going to have to win one or two more on top of that in the big 10 tournament. So I think Indiana is really up against the wall here. I tweeted this out after the loss to Minnesota, but I think right now, I think Indiana has to win the big 10 tournament or really, really tear it up down the stretch here. I mean, I wouldn't say that the only way they can get in is winning the big 10 tournament at this point, because they can still add, you know, what, six, seven, eight, eight more wins excluding that, but realistically, yeah, that's that's how I feel at this point. I think Indiana is probably going to head to the NIT or have no postseason, which is a huge disappointment given the talent on this team. Huge disappointment considering that Archie Miller had a really rough year, uh, his first one with Indiana. And as far as bigger picture, you know, what does Indiana need to change to, to move forward? I think you start off with this team – is better. I, I do think it's considerably better than last year's team. I mean, I know that a lot of people are, are going <laughs> to laugh at, at that comment or so on, but I do think this team is better. We'll see how they trend here over the last month or so. They have time to you know, make that statement true or really questionable, uh, but I think this is an improvement off of last year's team. The question is, is can Miller continue this momentum? Can he keep things going, which uh with the idea that Langford's probably gonna be gone after this year. Duan Morgan's gonna be gone. And then you look at the rest of the roster and there aren't a lot of standout guys. Um at at some point it's gotta be the recruiting. He's gotta get these pieces in and he's gotta get them playing together better. And uh we'll we'll see sort of where this goes. You know, I, I don't want to write him off because at Dayton he had a two eh years and then things really took off after that so maybe this thing's about to take off and frankly I do not think Archie Miller should be on the hot seat whatsoever after this season but he he's gonna have to start figuring some things out that's all I'll say because the first two years have not been great there's still you know a month or so left of this season for him to salvage things but it hasn't been the most encouraging I'll just say that so not a good place for Indiana. That's that's one of the teams I wanted to hit on. The other two I wanted to touch on very, very briefly. As I said, I'm not going to do extensive bubble chat today. Um, but Minnesota and Nebraska, I think these are the, the two uh, two of three, depending on what you think of Ohio State. But uh, two of the three bubble teams in the Big Ten I already touched on Ohio State, so I'm, I'm not going to get into them anymore today. But uh, I want to start with Minnesota. Minnesota's sitting at 17 and nine, seven and eight in the big 10. I think they're probably uh, one to two wins away from really feeling good about the NCAA tournament, which I know a lot of people were low on the Gophers coming into this year, but you you sit back and look at it and that's a pretty good position. And I think you look at the schedule down the stretch, they got a lot of winnable games here. They get Michigan at home on Thursday. Wolverines have certainly looked vulnerable the last couple weeks. That's a, a, potential win there i would not pick them as of this moment but the gophers could absolutely win that game uh then they get Rutgers on the road on sunday follow that up with northwestern on the road purdue at home maryland on the road i think outside of that maryland road game there's four games there they can win i think if you get two of them you feel really really good uh heading into the big 10 tournament and if you get another win or two there I think you're absolutely in. So I think the Gophers are sitting in a po- uh, really good position thanks to that win against Indiana on Saturday. So uh, at this point, I, I think Minnesota is on the right side of the bubble, and I think they will be moving forward. But who knows? You know, <laughs> still, still plenty of time. Uh, so moving into the other team I wanted to hit on very briefly, Nebraska. Uh, the Cornhuskers have won two straight now after that absolutely horrendous uh, 9 8 or seven, seven, eight, nine games or so uh, basically January through uh, these last two games, really, really rough stretch for the Huskers, but they got back on track narrowly beat Minnesota on a very controversial call uh, on earlier this week, follow that up with a road or not a road, excuse me, a home win over Northwestern on Saturday night. Huskers now sitting at 15 and 11, five and 10 in big 10 play. I think they're, they're sort of on the opposite side of things as, as Minnesota. I think they're sitting on the wrong side of the bubble, but I don't think they're, they're really far down there. You know, I think they're a couple teams back, if at all. And unfortunately, though, schedule is really tough moving forward. They get Penn State on the road on Tuesday, which is a totally winnable game. Uh, Purdue at home, which we'll see. Uh, Boilermakers have been a little more vulnerable on the road. Um, but then they get Michigan on the road. Michigan State on the road, and Iowa at home. Those are going to be tough. Uh, At this point, I I think uh, just like Minnesota, Nebraska's got to hit at least 17 wins here. They got to get at least two of these heading into the Big Ten tournament to feel good at all, um, in my opinion. We'll see if they can get it done. Uh, Ken Palm projects them to hit 17 and 14 in the regular season. So Certainly the, the advanced stats seem like they have a route to, to get there. So it should be interesting uh, with them moving forward. Um, as far as the, the next week is concerned, before, before I jump off here uh, to, to check out some other stuff here on, on Sunday night, um, things to look forward to this week, I think the, the big one is Michigan-Michigan State over the weekend. I think that's going to be a huge game not only for those two teams, but the Big Ten title race, uh, the national perception of the league. So I, I think that's a game on Sunday that everybody is is really excited about. But um, a couple others that I'm excited to see, Illinois-Wisconsin, I think is quietly a really good game. Maryland uh, and Iowa are going to play later this week. And, of course, Purdue-Indiana. You never, never can complain <laughs> about getting that one. So it, it should be another good week of Big Ten play try to get another podcast in next weekend but with that i'm going to sign off uh, as always this is thomas bendit you can follow me on twitter at t bendit and make sure to check out bt powerhouse in the next day or so we'll we'll have up our our latest set of power rankings so with that see you guys next